0: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johanna, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie
2: You're very welcome to Thursday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I'm just looking at our picture on the TV screens here in front of me. Beautiful Ashling Murphy, the young teacher who was murdered in Tullamore. It's just absolutely sickening to think of what happened to that young girl and her out for a jog yesterday late yesterday oh my god it's every loss of life is shocking and be it through accident through violence war but by God, I felt sick to the pit of my stomach as that story developed yesterday. And we're going to be talking about it on late lunch today about women's safety in general. Uh, it's coming up on the show after two o'clock this afternoon. We've lots more besides and we'd love to hear from you too. 086 You can WhatsApp or text me if you want to call in the new number 04198 2000. Now we begin late lunch today with a man I have interviewed on a number of occasions over the years and I was thinking about him joining me today and an old saying came to mind. They say that a cat has nine lives. For the first three he plays, the second three he strays and for the last three he stays. Well I can tell you something. David Crosby has stayed three times. He nearly lost his life as a young man. He had an accident in New York while based there. Then he was the recipient of a double lung transplant, which we spoke about at length here on the show. And recently he contracted COVID nineteen. And I am so delighted to say he's on the line today. Hello, David.
1: Hello Jerry, how are you?
2: I am really good. Honestly, that saying comes to mind to me every time I think of you. And my God, I thought you'd be you done with all these close escapes. And here you are once more having to fight for your life. Take us back. This began last August time. How were you feeling at the time? Did it come on all of a
1: sudden? Well, last August, um, I I had a bit of rejection, acute rejection in the lungs, so I was going through a little bit of uh, health issues myself, which I was was fighting. I I had radiation in the end of 2020 for those acute rejections. It's part of the double lung transplant like you know Mm. you you pick up these things but you fight them as usual like you know but then in august on the 3rd of august it was on a a tuesday my temperature started to to go up and i'd always be checking my temperature it's it's stuff we do like you know as as, as transplant patients we just have to keep an eye on ourselves more than usual and I, i got a pcr test and i came back on the 4th of august positive so that was kind of my worst Fear, I suppose, because the Delta variant attacks the lungs, and the lungs are so precious to me, and are they're, they're so delicate. Like you know, there, there's an awful lot st- medications and stuff that I have to mind and 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 look after them so well. Like you know, and and that's what I, I'm so they're so precious to me that my, my biggest fear the last two years war. Getting uh, COVID, like yes. you know, so unfortunately, I, I, we locked down as a family when we had the, we, we, we did everything we could, like you know, I still went to the games as, as <laughs> you still have to live. Uh, I suppose that's what yep. I'd, be, I'd be thinking, like you know, but I was still very as careful as I could be. But unfortunately, I picked up COVID in August, and uh, look at the Matter Hospital is uh, my second home. I suppose it's it's just it's it's my uh, where I go my go go to place. Uh, they've saved me life, like you know, with, with the transplants mm. before. So I just went up to a and e and presented. I said, look, I have COVID. And they checked the temperatures and they they did some gases on me and whatever. And they said, they're going to keep me in for observation. And uh, I, I remember thinking when I went in the first night or two, this is the place I should be. I'm safe here. Um, whatever I need to get, I'll get it here. Like, you know, so I, I, mm. I felt I felt relatively... Like everything else I was going to come through it Like you know I felt confident I felt in the right place And yeah I'll fight this again Nick
2: And you did feel good initially When you were in there But within 48 hours The whole thing had turned on its head
1: well, yeah, well, it, I was, at, was on the towers. I went in and the temperature started up for a few days, for 40, 40 hours. It's had a spike And the temperature up and down and, and the, the oxygen requirements became... I, I was on oxygen and they had to give me more oxygen. So about a week after, I was in for a week and my temperature went up to about 39 or almost 40 and... It started to come down a bit, and I thought, right, I, I've got over it. I've, I've climbed that peak, and I was I was on the the way down, and I was going to be out in a few days. Mead Hill, me club were playing in the championship, and on the on the fifteenth, like the, this is about the twelfth, mm. and I thought I'd be home, like you know. But after that, that, that was a week after I was in, on on the following Wednesday, and on the next Thursday, things just went bananas. Uh, my, my levels went down, my temperature went back up. I was I was required, requiring more oxygen. The, the COVID kicked back in again and it started burning up my me, me blood vessels and my heart was racing and I was, I was getting very irritated and uh, the doctors then had to reassess everything and it came to the Saturday on the on the 14th, this was 10 days after I was, I, I, I was admitted, it says things are very bad there, but I was at a really low place. <laughs> and they had to uh, put me into an induced coma to try and uh, give me a rest because my body was fighting so hard against the COVID. And what they did was, I, I had been uh, vaccinated. I had my two jobs. I had my second one in June. The 22nd of June, I had my, my second uh, vaccine. But because I'm on uh, immune-suppressing drugs, those immune-suppressing drugs w- w- would, have lowered, would have lowered the vaccine as as well. So the vaccine wouldn't have been working as 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 good as it possibly could for Normal people. Yes. So what they decided to do was take me off my uh, immune suppressing drugs and let my my own immune system try and fight it. Plus whatever was left of the Delta. Now I do believe that whatever after sort of the vaccine, but so I do believe whatever vaccine was left in my system and my own immune system did fight. Like you know, mm. but i said they put me into. I, I had to make um, my, my family were called up. My wife was called up. My my three kids were called up and. The outcome wasn't good, Jerry. Uh, the, 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 to be honest, with you, if you were backing on a horse, I was I was way outside. Or like you know, um, they won't give me much hope. They says they've done everything they can. Like and because of my transplant, I was at a in my lungs. I had and because of the radiation I had before with the with the re- rejection, everything was stacked against me. Um, and I hadn't the power, like, you know, the strength built up to fight it, but. The, one of the consultants who was who came from Canada had this new drug that seemed to be having good effects on COVID in Canada, but had never been tried on a transplant patient. And they says they're going to try it on me, but unfortunately there was side effects uh, because of it. And I, I says, and I actually knew the consultant from before, and I says, look, we're going to have to do something. I have to. I'll deal with that after, if I if I can get yeah. just get through this, like you know. So. My parents came up, and um, my, my sister as well, and my brother-in-law, and I spoke to them and told them how much they meant to me and all that. And I spoke to my, my wife and uh, my kids, and it's it's a very hard conversation to have. It's it's possibly your last conversation. You have to be strong. You have to hit the points right. Um, I was talking to my wife since, and she said I did. I was very strong, like you know, I, I held it together as good as you, as, you, as you can in those moments. It's not a conversation you ever want to have. And then um, I was put into the in, in, into the coma and into the ventilator, like you know, and. Uh uh, look, that was on the a, on, a, on the 14th of August on a Saturday. Uh, m- m- my club meeting were playing the next day against o- Old Castle, and there was, there was six pints up <laughs> in injury time with the last be a pint. Now, lucky enough, I was in the coma. I didn't get to hear about that for weeks <laughs> after. But, or I could have been in the second one. But, um, uh, I was in the coma and uh, whatever, and I had a lot of psychosis and that. But uh, it was all dreams. It was my family, I suppose. They had the, the the biggest the biggest concerns and the biggest worries yeah. and it was the following Monday when things kind of hit the fan again and my, my all my levels went down and the, the doctor says that uh, he, if he doesn't pick up in the next couple of hours they didn't give me much hope like you know yeah. but I did I picked up on the Tuesday and the following week and I started improving a little bit um, the start reducing the sensation to see was I still cognitive and um, my wife was talking to me about the kids and there was a reaction in my eyes and, and my lips were moving a bit when I heard about my kids like you know Could so, you it, hear it, that?
2: Could you hear that conversation?
1: I don't remember it, but uh, my wife says anytime she mentioned the kids or anything like that, um, something flickered. Yeah. So obviously I was hearing it, but yes. I don't remember it. Yeah. You know, so I, I had serious psychosis dreams and nightmares and stuff in the in the coma. That's all I can remember and this was going on for about a week or, 10 day, or seven or eight days and the dreams were happening but um, I was getting tired of them and I knew I had to be woken up kind of I just said so, you know when you're in a dream you're an dream you just want to wake out of it or kind of a nightmare and in the psychosis I was, I felt the same but this is re- repetitive and I just want to get out of it because they, they were fairly serious like you know but um, everything was kind of tipping along for that week, and then the following uh, weekend, uh, on the on the on the Sunday, um, I got bad again, and my parents and wife, wife and family were called again, and the doctor won't give me hope. Says he says he's at a threshold once more, but. I came through it again on that Parliament Fund. That, that was about um, so 10 days into it, or whatever it was. And after that, I started improving a little bit. Uh, my kidneys weren't working, so there was, the dialysis machine was working 24-7 to try and take the toxins out of my, my system or I could poison myself. Like, and, um, but then I, I started not needing as much, and they started reducing the sedation. And then on the, I think it was the... When About three weeks later, after, after I was seduced, I was put into the coma. I, I was brought back around, and it took another two weeks, I suppose, before it fully came around. I didn't just Wait. wake up and get this uh, uh, light bulb mo- mo- uh, moment that I'm yes. awake. It, it took a while. I, I thought I was in a different hospital. I was in Belfast. Uh, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was very disoriented, if you, you know what I mean? And yes. And like I, I woke up, and a couple of days after, I thought, right, like, who am I training? I I was very involved in a lot of teams at Mead Hill and a few team, uh, underage girls teams in Kingsgood, and I was training seven nights, so coaching seven nights a week, and I loved it. Like you know, when I woke up, and I said, who am I training tonight? <laughs> but when I went to move my legs and my arms, nothing had moved because I, I also lost about two, um, 15 kg of muscle, so mm. there was absolutely no power there at all. Like you know, so. Mm was a big shock to the system cuz you actually forgot I was in the coma and I woke up and I had to ask one of my, my friends my professor Dr. Haley was I in a coma and he says yeah you're in a, a seduced coma a, a induced coma and a, a, you had to be uh, saved like you know so it, it was a, a lot to take on and yes. just the dialysis you're you're on this new dialysis so so that was very um, traumatic as well so the whole mm-hmm. thing was <laughs> we'll on oh, day, look
2: David, it is some, some story And of course you have no concept of time When you're induced and you come no. out You know what I mean? That period in between Well, as you say yourself um, yeah. You know, you, you don't remember too much about
1: When did you ask them about the Mead Hill result? <laughs> was a couple of weeks after my mum my asked me about two or three weeks after I was brought round and I said no I don't want to know about football ever again i never come near it and, but later on I got the, the, the I think I was watching the ladies the, the need ladies playing like you know yes. that wonderful game and I got the, the, the ditch back like you know and I asked her and she told me and I said right then don't tell me again we'll, we'll, we'll put this year out and we'll, we'll see what happens next year but um, um, it, look, it's just amazing the, the stuff that was through your mind like you know when, mm. when you come out of, out of these situations and you have to start building again Like as I said my double lung transplant everything was kind of going forward on the front foot and get as fit as I can I, I did my three marathons and I'm very proud of them and I, I take I three more to do I still want that super six medal um, I'm still determined to try and get there somehow I, I, I hope so this is kind of like a half time break if you, if you want to call it that so um at the minute, though, I have to recover and I have to take it slow, which is not my normal way yes. going on, but I just have to listen to the medics and the doctors, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful for all the, the wonderful staff and the matter. I'm down in Calvin where I'm doing my dialysis. Like they're, they're just an amazing amazing people who have gone con- through all this... Crazy world we're in, and to, to be still be so professional about our job is just it. It, it, it touches me every morning I wake up. I just it's it's so it's so close to my oh, heart. They're, they're
2: remarkable done. people. But listen here, you are a remarkable man to come through this another big fight on your hands for your life. And I I have to say, I think your wife Katie and your children Erin Darrand here as well what they went through you know uh, those final conversations wondering would they ever talk to dad again all that type of stuff oh my god yeah
1: it, it, that's all like you know it, it's, it's not something you ever want to put on, no. on any family like you know no. and, and small children growing up but you you hope that positives come out of it like, like, everything, like everything in life you, yeah, you have to try and yeah, and then search for the positive in every in every and everything that goes wrong, and that's what I've always done. Like, you know, mm. that's what's got me here. Like, you know, so that and I hope it, it relates to, to the family as well. Like, yes, you know, anyone listening. yes.
2: There's rumours that you're on commission in King's Court Church. <laughs> Is that right? Yes.
1: Candles. <laughs> that, that's that's what I'm, I'm. I'm trying to to get for the charity because <laughs> I've been prayed for a lot of times, and a lot have? Of people have, have have prayed and gone down to did novenas and knock for me, yes. and I, I appreciate everyone because. Okay. I, I, as I said, I couldn't. I couldn't speak for a while, and I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. You, you, you can determine that from my wife later on, or whatever, or when she looks at it, but. Um, I, I, I was talking about it Jerry, and they said maybe I should get a, a cut out of the candles <laughs> and go to the charity because there's an awful lot of people with good wishes and, yes. and support me and when you're in a bad place in hospital and you're you're really low when you get these messages my, my wife is reading them out to me and the nurses are reading them out to me and they just give you so much strength and power and you say right I'm not sitting down I'm going to fight and it helps you when you're learning to walk when you're learning to make those steps again and you're, mm. you know and then I was out today in Dunarie I, I did my wi- mile walk like you know and the Walk I walk now was like a marathon, and every day when I was in the matter was a marathon because it's a foot. You're, you're woken up at six o'clock in the morning with a, 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 a to get your sugars a prick in the, in the finger to get your sugars sorted and your breakfast and your nibs, and it's just a it's a it's a, a twenty two hour shift, like you know. So yes. it's, it's it's tough but look at uh, life's not always easy like you know and and, and that's why you have to just keep keep going forward
2: oh you're fantastic man you're inspirational you really are so you the dialysis continues for the time being with you you're back as you said you're walking again you're building your yeah. strength up and your muscle as well do you will you come off the dialysis you hope to do that in the future
1: i'm i'm not sure and um, the, the, the the kidneys are asleep I'm on dialysis uh, three times a week Monday, Wednesday and Friday in Cavan I get up I get a, up at 6 o'clock go down for, ha- for half 7 and it's a three and a half hour dialysis um, I'm getting used to it uh, it was very hard at the beginning because it, it affects your blood pressure and it's it's very tiring like you know it takes a lot out of, your, out of the system you, you have to it took a while to figure it out because when when I woke up I was on a renal diet which means that I lost a lot of weight and the, the dietitian was saying you have to gain weight I said nope problem I gain weight with, with chocolate powers and whatever but I can't have any of those good stuff anymore. Mm. So The diet is a, it's a very specific diet and it's a tough diet and then the dialysis takes it out here but I, I asked the doctors just let me get through Christmas and New Year and mm. uh, not to rock the boat I just want to spend a quiet nice family family time with the kids and my wife and and, I, and we did that but and I, and I said in January we we'll start kicking forward so it's January now so I'm talking to the doctors now on Friday and we, we start there is a couple of different options Yeah, I can stay on on dialysis Um, I, I could hopefully the kidneys might start working again so um, that's my number one option that I'm hoping and if not there's a possible transplant that it, will be down the line and that was always kind of on the case yes with, with the transplant with the double lung transplant because the mental medication you're on it does affect the kidneys so yes look it's not something I'm going to be scared of or anything like that it's part of the whole me story, like, you know, so look at 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 the minute I'm I'm getting pictures enough for the club, uh, little things for getting the back training and Remedial Hill again. I'm gonna start at that and get me walking done, build up my fitness and uh just keep going forward. Oh, the only way know. David,
2: you are just remarkable and what you've come through many people would not come through in multiple lifetimes. Look, I'm delighted you've joined us today to give us and tell us your story and uh, tell us all what you've come through. And that's the reality of COVID as well. I wish you and the family all the best. And sure so we'll touch base with you as the weeks and months go by as your progress continues. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you thanks so much Jerry. thanks for joining me on the show that's the wonderful David Crosby there what a remarkable man he is yeah. Ah Louise Walsh has the turn of phrase it was 40 babies yesterday <laughs> tell them what you said to me there about David
3: I, I told David he should do the lottery tomorrow Yes, well Saturday should.
2: on Saturday yeah. buy a ticket everybody's in for the big jackpot he should isn't he incredible I know you've mm. spoken to him as well a lot about it and He's just a remarkable man and his outlook, Louise. It's
3: fantastic. He's well, not morbid he about it in. or anything. No, no, no. The
2: man is... And he, he has a crack about it there but you can imagine your children and your wife and you, you know... <gasps> Tell
3: him though. Imagine less just than knowing 50, 50. that yeah. it could be a chance and you're saying yep. this could be my last goodbye to them.
2: My, oh my. And
3: knowing that?
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, facing into what he had to face into. And the consequence is now with the dialysis, which is a...
3: And a possible another transplant. Yeah, possible another one. Imagine that.
2: Oh, he'll be the bionic man for sure <laughs> if he gets that he kidney. He is the bionic he man. He is. Sorry, David Crosby, <laughs> you're right, is the bionic man. If you have anything to say, give us a shout. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. we love to hear from you on the show. Oh, we're all shocked, aren't we? Ashling Murphy's horrific murder.
3: I'm sick. Yeah, It's desperate. And you know what it is, Jerry? It was daylight She went for a run Hashtag That's trending at the minute <sighs> What do you say Monsters don't only come out in the dark
2: Oh my God almighty Anyway, we're talking about this After two On the show With some people Who uh, have uh, Plenty to say about it I have to say uh, So stay with us on late lunch But taking us towards news And weather at two It's the wonderful Van Morrison And Yes, I really like this one It's a lively one Taking us to the break And the news the man from Belfast with real real gone and as I always say to you that word go, no, gone, stay with us on your late lunch. We're with you until 3.30 this afternoon as usual. Here he is, Van the Man. Now, we're going to talk on Late Lunch for the next while about the safety of women in Ireland. And it's amazing. uh, Last autumn here on the show, Banba Goulding joined me and we had a riveting conversation about this very topic. And she sprung to mind today, first thing with us, and she's back with me on Late Lunch. Banba, nice to talk to you again.
4: Hi, Jerry. Happy New Year. Nice to be on the show again. Many
2: happy returns to you. How are you feeling today? I've just seen uh, and uh, experienced what's happening in terms of reaction to this absolutely catastrophic murder. How are you feeling?
4: Um, I think like every other woman I know, and it's Social media has blown up and I've seen exactly the same. I'm heartbroken, but I'm also like angry and I'm devastated. I I can't believe we're still here. I can't believe that this could happen in the daytime. And, you know, everything we spoke about so relevant last October, even more so now because it shows you that it's not nighttime. We're not safe in the dark we're not safe at home we're not safe in the day we're not safe out running so there's something massively wrong and you know it it makes me really angry that i I have a daughter that's that's potentially growing up like in this situation as well that it's it's just it doesn't seem to be ending anywhere and there doesn't seem to be any kind of um end to this It's, it's it's awful
2: Now, we spoke in the context of you uh, enjoying the lovely run out by the River Boyne, out towards Old Bridge. You bring your little dog, which I remember you telling me that as well. Um, Would it stop you in your tracks now? Would you have to think twice about going out there alone?
4: No, no, nothing's going to stop me from going on my walk. And it's not just because it's a walk. It's because I'm not, like I said to you last year, I'm not ever going to let someone else's potential bad behavior impact me on how I live my life and affect me in that way, because then we're just living in fear. I, you know, I think all women need to continue with what they're doing. It's it's not them. That's the problem. That's again, we fall into the victim blaming. It's it's not women. This is not us. This is not. It, it, this is the perpetrators of this, these crimes, and um, there's a bigger problem going on here. There's something much, much wider that needs to
2: be looked at clearly. What are you alluding to? What? What? Do you, what come out straight here now and tell me. What, okay. what What's the issue and what needs to be done?
4: Okay. I think what we've done in the last. I mean, since forever, I guess. In some in some respects, we are better. Um, I think we've normalised abuse. We've normalised bad behaviour. We, you know, victims are ashamed to come out. I know that in this case, for Ashling, that this wasn't someone she knew. But like fifty-seven percent of people, women who are murdered in Ireland are done are murdered by a a a, a partner or an ex-partner. And mm. um, so we we have a massive problem here. There's obviously a culture of toxic masculinity that has to be looked at and we have to go back to the core whether we have to we need to educate our boys we need to go back to schools we need to call out bad behavior we need to make our sons aware of what is okay like I mean it looks like we have to go back to basically uh, explaining human decency and consent to boys again and you know it's so scary that we're at that point. And we also need to look at our systems. I mean, I can't I'm not the person for this, but I mean, we need there there needs to be um you know a, a better a better system going from when 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 any signs, people who who act out too aggressively, it, it's usually a pattern. We need to have better reforms for this. We need to have a better um course system that is holding people more accountable or is even bringing them into some kind of rehabilitation and counselling and um, for this kind of behaviour. I think it's it's gone on long enough. We need to have, like, the perpetrators need to be called out. And I I, I think the core of it, basically, what I think I'm trying to say here, because it's a bit, a bit wordy, I think we really need to call it out at an early age. And it needs to be, boys need to be shown better and told better. And, mm. and it needs to be demonstrated. I, yeah.
2: he- I I hear what you're saying. I-, I hear every word you're saying, and and yeah. you- you're 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 a- a- on the money here with with, with this approach. Now. It's, it's a shocking irony, isn't it, that she's a young school teacher and she potentially would be teaching young boys, you know what I mean, of the future yeah. and, you know, educating them in these type of areas you're talking about. The other thing is this and what you're talking about there are signs and, you know, that yeah. somebody within the four walls of her home or that is aggressive yeah. or that or even, you know, outside in public that issues happen with people. These things are let you know, just uh, go away and, and, and not address. And you're right. Where there are signs, we need action, don't we? And, and vetting as well. You know, the whole area of vetting people and keeping an eye on people?
4: hundred percent. And actually, that's something, I don't know if you know in the UK, if you're familiar with Claire's law in the UK, this is um, a domestic um, violence law that was brought in because of a lovely woman called Claire who was dating somebody who had repeatedly threatened and um, hurt previous partners. And she was never aware of any of this. And he ended up murdering her. So in the UK, they have a law now called Clare's Law. And what they do is it means the police can contact you about somebody and tell you their past to do with domestic violence and, and abuse. And I think in Ireland, I, I was looking, I, know we, I knew we didn't have anything here, but they were looking at a domestic um, disclosure scheme here. Um, uh, about two years ago. And I think it's something that really has to be looked at. I think we can cut out a lot of this if people are warned, if they're made aware of people's pasts, because the fact is that abusers go on to abuse again and, and the stats are there it starts off small but it ends up big and and any woman who's been in that relationship in in a relationship you know where they've experienced abuse will tell you that it's it's not like you know you 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 don't start with a punch you know it starts small and if someone was aware that this was a pattern with the person you know they might not get involved in the first place or at least they'd be getting involved with their eyes open Mm, you know i think i think That's what we need to be looking at here, is having a little bit more clarity and transparency in our laws um, surrounding domestic violence and abuse.
2: Uh, I have plenty of comment coming to me. Keep them coming if you've anything to say. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now to the show. Oh four one nine eight three two thousand if you want to call in. Now, Mary makes an interesting point here. She says, uh, that man was brought into this country for a better life and was looked after well by the state here. And look what's happened. Look what's happened. Uh, Mary says, well, there's no charges or anything yet. You know, there is a man in custody and it is well known that he is not an Irish man that's in custody. But listen, I want to say this as well. Thousands upon thousands of people have come to this country from all over the world, and they're very good people, Banba. You know that as well. You've worked with them in your in your yeah. lifetime. They're wonderful people, and you know it. it, it it's not saying it specifically about anybody who comes here. You've you, may, you know yourself. You've uh, Irish people have killed as well you know what I mean from within our own communities here so it, it, you know it, it applies across the board but I do understand the vetting thing is a thing not just vetting coming into the country but the vetting and the uh, uh, the keeping an eye on people here who cross the line as well Band, but just stay there a second I want to bring Louise my producer who you were talking to, in on the conversation because just have a listen I, I, myself and Louise have been talking about this Louise y- you like to go walking you like to go walking on the beach you would be walking on your own
3: love going just, walking yeah but but I always, you know, um, the justice minister there said it's every woman's nightmare, but a nightmare you can wake up from. This is reality. You have to be careful of your surroundings, of your security when you're a woman nearly every every minute of every day. If I went walking on the beach, I'm looking at my surroundings. If there's only me on the beach and there's a man coming towards or a group of guys, I mean, there could be, chances are they're fantastic lads who, de- who do no wrong. My fist automatically clenches nearly in my pocket and I take out my phone and I ring somebody. Anybody. Just until I'm past and I'm wherever, I'm back in the car or I'm back to other people.
2: Isn't that shocking? Isn't it, Louise?
3: Oh, it is. It's absolutely... But I just do it now, just...
2: You actually, normally just
3: do it instinctively,
2: yeah. So you, you'd be, and, and I am sure I, I, I you are not giving away secrets here. People have said to you, haven't they, that I wouldn't be walking on my own.
3: Oh yeah, it says you, you walk, you walk there on your own, like when in the morning. Oh God, I wouldn't walk there on my own. I wouldn't walk anywhere on my own like that.
2: And yet, this girl was in an area that's well used yeah. a known track mm. not really far off the beaten track as such you know what i mean and she's murdered mm.
3: and i just like to say and i know, know bama um mentioned about you know that we have to call it out and domestic abuse and all that the men have to play their part too if if there's a man yeah. and in a company of friends male friends and he's starting to talk derogatory about women what are the other lads doing are they pulling them up on it or are they just laughing along with it Yes. You know, and that's where it has to start as well. That has to, a whole area has to be looked at.
2: I've it's often not just women
3: have to call yeah, it. Yeah, I can
2: tell both of you. I have been that soldier in the middle of conversations like that at times, and I am always really uncomfortable. And I have called people out, and they didn't like it, to be mm. honest with you, when I did. But you're right; it's a a very base point, but it's a very important point, Ben. But just back to you, um, yeah. It, it really is, you know, it in in general sense it's this toxic masculinity you mentioned yeah. earlier on, and where that begins at quite a young age and how it is you know nearly inc- is it fair to say it's encouraged in a way by life today bamba
4: absolutely i mean we boys will be boys right so i mean there it is it sums it up boys will be boys and no boys will be held accountable for their actions and that's how we should be looking at it. school Turn a line through boys will be boys. We need to like make sure they are called out. Like Louise said, early age. We need to look at the bad behaviour. We need to explain to our sons about consent and and um, and and human decency. I think that's really where it boils down to um, that they don't expect anything from girls. I think any woman I've spoken to about this has said. we've gone on and talked about some other situations and we've all had the same experiences, right? I'm sure like growing up, Louise had it too with like boys pushing you too far when you were young and you were a teenager. Women aren't comfortable with it, but they don't speak out. I'm hoping, I'm really hopeful that a new generation will speak out more. And it does seem that way. Like I know for sure, I will have that conversation with my daughter, but I will also have that conversation with my son Mm. and I will hope that he will never ever, you know react or treat a woman like that or think that anything's okay and it's, it's that it's that whole culture and um, i think it really does need to be it's it's a whole um area that needs to be looked at mm. and i think that the, the boys need to be called out they need to learn to call each other out and they need to be brave it's it's like a standing up to a bully right if, if these boys are saying this stuff in secondary school be the don't just be the boy who doesn't do this be the boy who says hey you know what that's not cool and it's not nice and I'm not comfortable with it. Just like you said, you are, Jerry. But I think to have that um, consciousness and that awareness at an early age for boys as well so that they can influence each other positively mm. from a younger age.
2: I say here, hear to everything you said there. I'm going to let you go in a minute because I have another guest coming up. I'm sure you'll be interested in listening to when we talk to him. He's well known to us from Krav Maga. Anthony Kanan is coming on us in a few moments. He teaches self-defense. You've been thinking about this just before you go already, uh, Bamba.
4: Yeah, just to to say, and this isn't even a plug because this isn't really something I'm I'm doing for um, myself. It's not a a profit um, project. I have been actually speaking to someone in the last couple of days about running a local um, self-defense class for women. It's not just self-defense. It'll be a little bit more awareness and, and, you know, keeping safe. And we're looking at starting that up in the next few weeks. I also was talking to, and I I believe you know him as well, Philip Smith earlier about this. Mm. He's a local martial arts expert. So he's going to be teaming with us, pairing with us in this we're not doing this for we're doing this for the community so um, if anyone is interested in that I'd love if they reached out to me I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram send me a message I'll get you all the details when we have them I'd love as many women to be out there feeling more comfortable and more empowered to go for a walk to go for a run to feel like they have the tools in place that allow them to live their lives as normally as possible and without living in fear
2: Ban Ban Goulding, B-A-N-B-A-N, Ban Ban, to give it the uh, proper, yeah. b-a- proper pronunciation, B-A-N-B-A-N Goulding on social media. You'll find her yeah. there. And that is a, a, a very decent offer. And I know Philip as well. He's a great guy. And I wish you yeah. well with all that. Thank you so much for joining us again today.
4: Thank you so much, Jerry. Have a great day. Thanks, you guys, too. for having me
2: on. Take care of yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Banba. Goulding there uh, speaking to us on Late Lunch we're going to take a short break we're staying on track here your comments are coming in I'll get to them uh, send them to me 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text but uh, we're talking self defence next on Late Lunch some of your comments to us on Late Lunch Angela's been on to say my daughter is 23 and a school teacher in Dublin I worry about her every single day Jerry. this is just simply shocking in my book it should be a life for a life now there's nobody charged with anything yet there is a person being questioned I will say that the people that support the likes of Love Island and other sex-promoting television productions should share the guilt for what happened yesterday says a listener It's not just about abuse from spouses, etc. The government needs, firstly, to stop letting every Tom, Dick and Harry into this country from other countries without vetting them. It's an open house for criminals from elsewhere. There are rapes and assaults going on all the time that are never brought to book and no vetting on them. The government have a lot to answer for, says a listener today. And I will add to that by saying that, you know, there are rapes and uh, attacks carried out by our own. I say that again. You can't just single out, you know, uh, people who, as I said, there are hundreds of thousands now at this stage have come to live here and the, the new Irish and the wonderful people and they contribute and they work hard and they're decent people as well. It's across the board but I do know there is an issue with the vetting uh, and I think of the case of Shane O'Farrell, God, God rest him, Shane, poor Shane, 2011 was mowed down Uh, by a driver and a guy who came from Eastern Europe and he had a criminal record the length of your arm and he was able to come to this country and leave this country subsequently. And his poor mum, Lucia, who I know well, is still campaigning for answers and justice there. That just springs to mind as I think about this Uh, uh, on an aside. Now, I'll come back to your comments because Standing By is a very good friend of ours on Late Lunch. He's a brilliant man. He has taught so many people self-defence through his wonderful Crav... Uh, Magaw and his name is Anthony Conan and he's with me on the line Hello Anthony.
5: Hello Jerry. how you doing thanks for having me.
2: Uh, not at all, I am pleased that you took time to join us today on the show because this is a subject you know you and I have touched on through the years and here we are back again today just devastate, the devastation in Ireland for this poor young teacher Ashling Murphy and her family and what's happened Anthony, come back to you again and the area you're working in and, the, the young people you're working with, boys and girls, what's, what are we to do, Anthony?
5: Well, well uh, there's, a, there's not an awful lot of issues to talk about, um, Jerry. Uh, I have to say right now, at this moment in time, I am extremely angry uh, about what has happened. I'm really, really angry about this, what has happened to Ashley Murphy. Uh, absolutely devastating and horrific act uh, carried out about, uh, against this young girl, 23 years of age, a primary school teacher in the prime of her life out running you know just d- doing what normal people do uh, and to be attacked and brutally murdered in the way she was is absolutely devastating and I, my heart uh, goes out to her family and her friends it's absolutely devastating uh, i'm i'm just i'm i'm in shock and i'm very mm. very angry too but you know what I always do when I'm angry? I use it uh, for for good. I use it and I channel it for good, and that's what I always do whenever I feel the way uh, this this anger and such devastation. It's absolutely horrible
2: and feeling that and understanding you know what you've seen in your lifetime and you know you've had to uh, you know help people who've been the subject of assault as well and you've you've taught so many people to defend themselves through your business as I said Krav Maga a couple of points that you would say from your work and moving in the community and that we heard Banba Goulding who was with us a little while ago talking about toxic masculinity she says this seems to be you know, uh, the root of all evil from a young age with boys. What's your experience?
5: Look, uh, th- to be honest, uh, we've we've talked about this before in the past and about education from a young age. And, I, and I'm really glad to hear your recent uh, guest there speaking about this, about education from a young age. It's extremely important. For the last nine years, I have been working on programmes in secondary school uh, and I've been I've been working with hundreds, actually thousands, of young individuals. I've learned so much. Even with the programmes that I am teaching in the schools, I learned so much about the behaviours in young individuals. Also, like like for instance, Like yesterday, I was teaching eighty eighty young girls in St Vincent's School, on doc. Uh, you know, uh, uh, next week I'll be I'll be teaching in, in the Louis, the, the, the Louis Secondary School. That's an all-girls school as well. Throughout this year, I could be teaching hundreds, maybe up to a thousand young uh, secondary level uh, uh, students. And like for instance, there on Monday I had a group in to my own school uh, from uh, a, a certain secondary school in Dundalk, and I, it was a mix. it was girls and boys. And <laughs> in the first class, I always do in this program, I always talk about. You know about uh, that men, that young, that guys do not have, that they have no right to make any girl feel uncomfortable or or, or in fear in any way. Uh, and this is something we always talk about. Whenever I talk about sexual innuendos or inappropriate behaviour around girls. You know, the heads go down with the guys, you know, because they know they've done it before. They know they've said things before they shouldn't have. And they're embarrassed, and there's a, there's a look of guilt in their faces, and they're looking at each other. But, well, the girls, they're looking at me, and they know, and you know that, that it has happened to them. And they're, they're listening attentively because they want to know, they want to learn, you know. Mm. And these programs are practical-based. You know, these programs that I've been doing for the last eight years are practical-based. They're scenario-based, and they have proven to work. But I've been only given the chance to do them in County Loud, you know, and this is the problem here because I I, over the COVID uh, closure, my school was closed, I I run a full-time school, and over the closure I decided I was going to get on to TDs and Senators all around Ireland to try and create a, a national safety plan. To, to be promoted in schools all around the country and I came up with a, a guidelines Everything structured the whole lot I had meetings with, uh, with senators and with TDs trying to organise this and they were saying all the right things but there was no action being put in place yeah. and this is a massive problem I, I got a response from, from Norma Foley the Minister of Education and talking about the PDSD uh, booklet that the, 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 the run out in, in post-primary education that is a, like a professional de- development support service and the, the actual teachers in the schools they are trained in this and they actually teach it in the classrooms but reading through this booklet this is not practical it's not scenario based it's not what's going to teach these young people uh, and these young guys in specific, you know, how, how, how to treat young girls and, you know, and the issues that are on the ground. You know, this is this is a, a far reaching problem here, uh, Jerry. You know, mm. there's a lot, lot to deal with here, you know. Yes. And, 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 and I know
2: we have only a few minutes to talk about it today. But just yeah. uh, before we finish up, th- th- you've made a couple of very interesting points there. So the boys know they hang their heads and you get them at what age? You're in secondary schools.
5: Yeah, I so, do uh, I do some primary uh, school uh, yeah, programs, but yeah. mainly secondary school. And they are 15, 16 years of and, age. And you know
2: something, the horse is bolted then. Yeah.
5: That's the problem.
2: You need to get in. Interventions have to happen. Because I see them in mixed schools at primary, where there's boys and girls. That It has to happen at an earlier age that you get in. And, you know, make sure that you set them off on the right path. Don't leave it into secondary school when it's already, you know, inculcated in them. They have it. The boys hang their heads. The girls have to put up with this as well. But look at I, I hear what you're saying. There is a practical programme needed. You, What you do in Loud, I know, and I've, uh, I hear the feedback from what you do. It's simply brilliant and you do a wonderful job. We need this all over the country. We need it at an earlier age as well. Just before we finish, I've uh, just about a minute to go. You teach girls to look after themselves, that they can mind themselves they're out and about. Should every child, every girl in particular, know how to mind themselves? Is, or is that an indictment on us?
5: There's something that's something I want to touch on, Jerry. Just before I leave, yeah. you. I I, do, I don't I don't uh, 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 educate young girls to live in fear. I don't educate girls to live in a constant state of fear. Yeah. But we cannot control the actions of monsters out there, of predators. We cannot control this. Yeah. We can only educate ourselves, okay, on safety and know and, and, and improve our awareness yeah. and our reaction and how to deal with okay. situations, okay? But there's one other thing, just before I go, where you talked about a multi, the, the multicultural society that we live in today, okay? And you're 100% right, okay? In, in my school, I have 29 different nationalities trained in my school, and they're all good, decent people, yeah. okay? They're all good, decent people, but screening is a massive problem. It is a massive problem. Is it? Yeah, it is a mass problem, especially with uh, foreign nationals coming into the country. There has to be a proper screening process done, OK, because we do not know who's living next door to us. We do not know their criminal history. And this is a problem. OK, okay that that's another
2: aspect of this whole situation that's arisen now and, and come from the death of that poor young woman. It terrible, really is terrible. terrible. It is. Anthony, keep doing what you're doing. Keep plugging away, pushing for that programme and doing the real good that you do every day uh, that you Take go care. to work. Thanks a million, Anthony. Take Thank you for care, joining Dave. me. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Anthony Bye. Conan there from Krav Maga great people fantastic guy and a really decent man he really is anyway there's lots of food for thought there but we we see where the the deficiencies are where the the gaps are and by god we got to plug them we really have respect 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 though that is the word for everybody man woman and child but especially for women Oh, the comments are coming thick and fast. It's uh, not shocking uh, that uh, Louise calls a pal when passing a group of men, says a listener. We all do it. We teach our daughters to do it. Do you know one in three women have been assaulted sexually in some form or other? Whether it's catcalls or a guy getting aggressive when you turn uh back at him uh, when he's calling your names down to a physical grab or worse it all happens jerry says a listener there carrie farrell nice to hear from you chelsea's mom just reminding me of uh chelsea story which we featured on the show here where she went through she went to hell and back uh chelsea with a man who was uh stalking her and as carrie says uh after uh, getting time in jail he moved to live within 20 minutes from where chelsea lives and the law has to be changed down here as well that's another aspect says carrie this afternoon thank you for getting in touch with me i'll come back to your comments presently i promise you anyway we move on in late lunch today for part two of our series on nutrition and good health and i'm delighted to welcome back to the show the wonderful rachel graham hello again rachel Hi,
6: Jerry. How
2: are you? I'm good. I suppose that just before we get into as a woman today, in the light of what we've been mm. talking about here for a while, I'm, I take yeah. it you're just shocked and horrified like the rest.
6: Yeah, because I have a daughter who's a very similar age. And I have to say it was a real shock to wake up to that news this morning. Uh, very upsetting and uh, under the circumstances that it happened and i think particularly at this time of year when you know everyone is trying to turn over a healthy leaf and that girl was just trying to look after her health and i just think it's 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 so tragic it's so shocking it's it's awful i think for any mothers out there just thinking of their daughters of a similar age um it's uh harrowing just I, my heart goes out to that poor family
2: oh like like all of us Rachel it's it's just really hard to take it is and you know they say mm. things are a watershed and by god I hope this is a watershed in Ireland yeah. on these matters let's pray that that is the only possible good that could come out of this absolute devastation. Anyway, look, you're with us today to talk uh, about weight loss uh, and in the context of the foods uh, that support weight loss. And you know what I did uh, with you in mind coming on today? I went into a website, I think it's in the USA, called everydayhealth.com. And interestingly, they do the four best weight loss diets. They do the two that are in the middle and the six worst. (laughs) So uh, there's lots of food for thought here. But look, anyway, from your perspective as a professional food we can eat foods uh, that we can enjoy and are wholesome and healthy that will help us drop the pounds or kilos
6: yeah, I mean, I think it's really about maintaining a healthy weight for long term health and for future proofing your health. So, I mean, that's what I'm all about and not really about fad diets at all, because they just promote a, an unhealthy relationship with food where you're cutting out whole food groups and all of these things. So, you know, it's it's like it's trying to get a quick fix, which at the end of the day, it doesn't work because it's unsustainable. So when I talk about key foods that support weight loss, it's about um, just identifying certain types of foods that will really support your health long term. So the first one that I like to kind of uh, talk about is that carbs are not the enemy. (laughs) <laughs> and um I think it's one of those things and and you know talking about fad diets so the keto diet for yes. example is the diet that cuts out carbs completely from your diet and um instead of of consuming carbs you are consuming high quantities of saturated fats and animal protein which long term really promotes um you know uh, elevated cholesterol inflammation and you're also massively lacking in fiber. So over time and very quickly, you can become constipated. So I absolutely don't recommend the ketogenic diet for weight loss. Yes, it works. I'm not saying it doesn't work. But in terms of a long-term sustainable plan, it's not health-promoting at all. And um, the only um, the only cohort that it does benefit is actually uh, children who uh, suffer with... Um, seizures um when they uh, and, and that's actually why it was developed and uh we, we don't actually know why um it works but we know that it does work and it's very effective so um you know i think that that's the only instance where um a keto diet would be recommended beneficial so and, and,
2: and the other one just uh, sorry for cutting across is the atkins diet that's low on carbs too isn't it
6: yeah Yeah, exactly. And it's also extremely high in animal protein and saturated fats, uh, both of which, you know, um, are are just really not health promoting at all. So you're instead of having the focus on the, the health promoting foods like fruit and vegetables and whole grains and beans and fish, the emphasis is, again, on things like butter and uh, cream and eggs and meat and all of these things so it's just again it's it's cutting out whole food groups that are it's just not healthy for for um our long term do
2: i take it that you're not a fan of diets you know even though i said to you i had looked them up and i have the four best the Mm. two in the middle and the sixth worst you're not a fan of diets per se
6: well, um, no, I, I prefer to refer to it as a kind of a way of eating because, you know, food is meant to be enjoyed. It's supposed to bring you joy. It's supposed to be satisfying and it's supposed to be shared. So it's also a sociable part of our life. It's a huge part of our life. So I think that, you know, if you are constantly restricting yourself, then it's you know, you're actually depriving yourself of of, uh, of that pleasurable part of eating. So um and also again it's just unsustainable constantly being on a diet and i think that you need to ask yourself you know if if you're following a diet that is um you know if if if, if it's basically um something that you can't do indefinitely if it doesn't include exercise and if it doesn't meet your long-term health goals then you've kind of answered your question you know there's those are, that's the real indication that it's not for you mm. so Um, And I think we can easily fall prey to these fad diets, you know, the promise of a quick fix. Um, But the truth is there is no quick fix. And for long term weight control, the Mediterranean style diet, which focuses on the fruit and the vegetables and the whole grains and beans and fish and olive oil as your go to fat. This is a healthy way to live your life and also to maintain a healthy weight.
2: You know, you must be. I can't see you. I just want to tell the listeners you're on Zoom. You can't see me. I can't see you. But you must have been looking at me notes because here it is sitting in front of me. The Mediterranean diet with the veg, the fruit, the grains, the fatty fish, olive oil, nuts, legumes and some red wine, Rachel. That's nice. And a little dairy as well. So let's say it's the Mediterranean way of living. That's what you're talking about.
6: Pretty much. Yeah. So and the Mediterraneans, you may notice that, you know, if you've been on holidays in Spain and Italy and these kind of places um, that they all eat seasonally. So, um, you know, you don't have every single fruit and vegetable Mm. available to you when you go into the supermarket. You'll just see like an abundance of things like artichokes at a certain time of the year, vegetables that we wouldn't see in our in our supermarkets. And they really celebrate their seasonal veg. So they'll have you will go into restaurants and you'll see whole menus designed around things like asparagus uh, in springtime. So um, and it's just it's like a nearly a festival where they really do appreciate what they've grown and they know that it's nourishing, and that it's good for your health, and they enjoy preparing it in many different ways. So you know, it's not only the foods that um, that that we promote on the Mediterranean diet; it's actually how they do it. And I think that that um, really feeds into that aspect of enjoying your food, and um, you know, getting that pleasurable aspect, you know, shared in with family and friends. I think it's so important. It really enhances. Um, your your happy hormones.
2: Yeah, and I'm just laughing, thinking, you know, you've been to uh, the continent yourself as well, and yet the English restaurant or the Irish restaurant, you know what I mean, the foods that mm. we love and are not too good for us at this end of the world, you know, they, they flourish out there because people, when they even go on holidays, won't give it a go.
6: Because they just, they're not familiar with it, so yeah. therefore they think they're not going to enjoy it, right. and they're on their holidays, and they're pro, yeah, so... Yeah um i think that it's just i suppose kind of nearly the easier option but i do really encourage uh your listeners to uh try the the local uh, you know food and, and the seasonal food in particular because it's often just absolutely delicious. And it's being prepared at its optimum. I mean, you understand this, Jerry as you know, growing your own vegetables and being really talented in, in this area that, you know, when you, oh, it's picked you. at the right time, mm. the nutrients are, you know, at their optimum. So you're also getting the, the best from that produce that you've just grown as well. It's at its ripest, sweetest usually. Um, so it's just ideal to, to eat it at that time.
2: So, Around this Mediterranean, then through our day, give us, you know, starting as we did last week, just run through quickly. If you want to do Mediterranean breakfast time, what's on the diet or what's on the plate, should I say, breakfast time Mediterranean wise?
6: Um, well, you know, summertime, I would say just go for berries and fruits, things that are in season. Um, at the perfect time. And you could have that with some natural yogurt, uh, live probiotic yogurt, and maybe some things like ground flax seeds. So that would be a really good start to your day, or you could do a smoothie, including some of these uh, greens and seasonal veg as well. Um, Lunchtime can be a really nice salad, or it could be a lovely soup, again, including lots of beans and legumes, so pulses. Um, this is something that they eat in abundance also in the Mediterranean countries because they are often kind of um, poorer countries and beans and lentils are much cheaper for them. And um, and they're also very health promoting because they're rich in, in fiber, uh, which really supports our digestive health. So including more beans and lentils in your diet is a really great way to just a simple way. As I think I was saying last week, just make it simple for yourself. Don't take on too much and try and include something that's easy for you to do without having to take on lots and lots of changes at once. So by simply adding in, let's say, a tin of cannellini beans or kidney beans or lentils or any of those kind of pulses into your vegetable soup, you're automatically um, really improving the overall nutrient qu- quality of it.
2: And then like so, into, into say, your main meal of the day, I like when you look at this diet here and you see fish, lots of fatty fish there, yeah, dairy. Yeah. I know last week you steered us away from the red. But, you know, through the week to vary it, what about chicken, yeah. Mi- mixing chicken with your fish and, 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 and a little red?
6: Yeah, so sure. I mean, you could uh, roast up a whole chicken, you could uh, do a piece of grilled fish, Um, you could also make a really nice fresh uh, salsa to put on top of your meat or your grilled meat or fish. And those things are really simple and fast to do. Some nice um, cherry tomatoes chopped up with a little bit of fresh basil and maybe some fresh garlic grated into it, a little bit of olive oil. And you make that little salsa as your fish or or chicken is cooking and then just spoon it on top and you get these wonderful flavors. Um, Serve that with some steamed greens or with, uh, uh, with a salad would also be fantastic. It's just really fast delicious food you know mm. and it doesn't have to uh, require a huge amount of time so yeah i would really encourage you just to try and eat uh, simpler
2: yes and 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 uh, just before we finish up what about the whole pasta spectrum and when you talk about mediterranean and continental
6: hmm yeah so ideally choose the whole grain variety whole wheat or whole grain variety because it basically means that you know it it the the benefits so all of the important vitamins and minerals are in the grain and during processing this is generally stripped out of it so when you're talking about white rice or white pasta or noodles those are all refined grains that are very low in those important micronutrients uh, that your body needs. So swapping that out for the healthy whole grain alternatives, that's a really great way to squeeze some of those extra vitamins and minerals into your diet. Um, So always try and choose the whole grain variety when it comes to pasta and then enjoy making a really nice sauce. Um, So it could be tomato sauce, uh, again, with lots of garlic and try and include as much garlic as you can, um, preferably uncooked. So add it in at the end, grate it in at the end while it's still raw. And because you're really enhancing your um, antiviral, antifungal properties of your meal there and you're getting all those taste benefits as well, it doesn't cook out.
2: Terrific, you've uh, you've spurred me you always do, you inspire me and spur (laughs) me every time and it needs reinforcing all the time, I have to say that Rachel because it's easy to slip off and slip into old habits as well and no better time of the year to do it You're back with us next week and we're going to pick up on the weight loss again, this time from the perspective of what we drink and uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk next week about the new uh, food pyramid and the WHO recommendations as well, Rachelgraham.com is it? It's uh, Graham. Oh God, I was I was sending you round the world there with the dot com. <laughs> just to clarify, it's rachelgraham.ie I beg your pardon, yes. rachelgraham.ie More information on this wonderful woman. She's running courses on the menopause. She can bake the best sourdough bread in the world and God <laughs> Almighty, I've often said for I love it, she adopted me. But anyway, that's just not on at the moment, but she'll be back well, with us on Late Lunch next week. Rachel, thank you for joining us again.
6: Oh, you're welcome, Jerry. Have a great week. All the you best. Too. Take
2: care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's brilliant. She really is. The Mediterranean way. That's it, folks. That's the way we got to go. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Elena Calavia is joining us after three to uh, talk about introducing children to languages from a young age. It's interesting. I promise you I'll have my... uh, belter from Pretty Woman to bring to you and more besides. Jerry, lovely to hear from you, Jerry McNally. Yes, you can eat the skin of salmon darns. I eat the skin of all fish, to be honest. I love it. Especially if you if you, if you you shallow fry it at that and it's crispy and that. But you can eat the skin, Jerry. Confirmed, it'll do you nothing but good. It's not to everybody's taste, I have to say. Peter's back to us. And I'm delighted to read this. Peter tells us he lived in New York in the 80s and 90s when things were pretty bad for women in the city. They all carried a small bottle of mace in their bag which they sprayed in the eyes of anybody if they came near them if you got the chance I suppose or you weren't bundled to the ground but the mace does work it blinded them and uh, it saved a lot of lives I'm sure it did over there but it's shocking to think Peter that we've come to that but perhaps we have it's another aspect of life here that is changing and will change into the future but respect teaching respect Especially to boys from a young age. That's coming through loud and clear and vetting and highlighting people who live here who may have a propensity to attack or be nasty to women. It's Elton John into three. Now, just back to your comments for a moment, and I'll say hello to Eva Bradley, our fitness trainer from Navin. Uh, she says, like the whole country, my heart is absolutely aching for what happened to Ashling and Tullamore yesterday. Her life taken from her when she went for a run. How often have we all done this? And yes, we should be safe. Tomorrow at Blackwater Park in Navin at four o'clock tomorrow, Friday, join myself, Chloe and Ava as we go round the track to show her deepest sympathy for Ashling, Hashtag she went for a run Bring a candle Bring the buggies, the scooters Wherever you need Hopefully we'll see you there Blackwater Park Four o'clock tomorrow with Eva Bradley and the crew in Navin. Well done to you there, lovely gesture. Now, my artist, no, no, that's last year, Jerry. That's last year, Jerry. My soundtrack from movies and musicals this year. It's Pretty Woman this week, and when it opened in 1990, the movie. Listen to this. Took in 11 million dollars across the U.S. in the first week. 12 million. The second week was number one at the box office for a month ultimately grossing £178 in the US for the $285 million worldwide. 463 million in 1990. $463 million in 1990. Not bad for a €14 million investment initially. Rotten Tomatoes, the definitive movie reviewing forum, gave the movie a just above average 64% review. The New York Times said of Pretty Woman, it's not a love but a money story. Oh my God. In terms of big awards, at the Golden Globes Both Richard Gere and Julia Roberts were nominated for Best Actor-Actress With Roberts winning the gong for Best Actress But at the Oscars, yes, the movie, Julia was nominated again for Best Actress But the movie won its Oscar for its music And from the Academy Award winning soundtrack of Pretty Woman Here's another belter from Go West From Pretty Woman on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon a great band weren't they they're really powerful sound and tomorrow at this time I'll conclude in words and song my feature on the movie Pretty Woman short break final break of the day and afterwards Elena Calavia is joining us and she's bringing a new concept to the Northeast. it's called Lingo, Lingo Tots stay with us
0: the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johanna and Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. LMFM's Diary. If you have a community, social or charity event, contact our Classifieds Department on 1850-715-958 or email info at lmfm.ie. With Keystone Insurance. Insurance for business, property, tradesmen, drivers and more. Call 042-9393 993 or visit keystoneinsurance.ie. It only happens once a year but never like this before. Easy Living Interiors Winter Sale is here with our biggest savings ever in store. Imagine a new sofa there, a velvet armchair, an extended dining set, a designer bedroom look, a home office nook, thanks to our best Easy Living sale yet. For style inspiration and expert advice, don't miss the Easy Living Interiors Winter Sale. Shop online and in-store now. Easy Living Interiors, Navin Retail Park and M1 Retail Park, Drada. Sale now
2: on. We all need a little help from time to time. And at Advanced Hypnosis, our clinical hypnotherapists provide the highest standards of care Care and compassion in a private and confidential therapy setting with over 30 clinics nationwide. If you would like a little help with anxiety or stress, weight management, quitting smoking, mental wellness, or addictions, we're here to help. Start your journey today at free phone 1-800-987-888 or visit advancehypnosis.ie.
1: At Centra, jumpstart your new year in our Better Than Half Price sale with great offers like bird's eye 10 potato waffles, Better Than Half Price now 1 euro 48. Nestle Cheerios 700 gram. Better than half price now 2 euro 50. And Sentra Fresh Hour Strip loin Steak 360 gram only 7 euro. Sentra live every day. The late
0: lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johada Dundalkin Cabin, Renault Electric Vehicle Dealer of the Year. There's never been a better time to own a fully electric car at affordable prices. We have the largest selection of new and nearly new Zoe's with huge savings across the Zoe range. Visit blackstonemotors.ie.
2: My next guest believes it's far too late introducing children to languages in secondary school. And with this in mind, she's bringing a new concept to the Northeast called Lingotot. I'll say hola, bonjour and hello this afternoon to Elena Calavia. Hello, Elena.
7: Oh, Hola, was that? I, I think you're on the right track there.
2: <laughs> Don't push me any further, I've done good this far. Elena, great to have you with us on the show. Pick it up from that point there. You know, that's the way it's worked in Ireland. Very little languages in primary school and it's a, it's a big miss, isn't it?
7: I believe so. I'm from Spain originally, and when I moved to Ireland over 20 years ago, I was very, very surprised that children were learning modern languages other than Irish in school. Uh, In other countries, in Europe and all over the world, children are introduced to modern languages from very early age, even at uh, creche, uh, preschool uh, settings, and primary school. So uh, I experienced that even with my own daughter, who is half Spanish, obviously. (laughs) And uh, she loves languages, but she's only really getting into other languages other than than Irish in secondary school. And when she enjoys it, she won't have the opportunity to get to a a, a level um, similar to students in other parts of of Europe. So my intention is to um, bridge that gap and and bring uh, languages to
2: younger children yes and good on you and i think it's something that will be ve- very beneficial uh, to youngsters as they grow develop and move out to college and then into the working environment here at home or abroad lingo Tot, it's a franchise explain it to us please
7: no problem lingo Tot is a uk-based franchise and has 65 franchisees between the uk and ireland in ireland we are at startup mode. We are expanding um, in different parts of the country. We have uh, um, centers in, uh, in Galway, in Limerick, in Cork, and Dublin, and my own in Drogheda. So starting up, but with a great success so far, there's a great interest uh, in uh, allowing our children to learn languages from a young age. I only started my own in November so it's, it's early, it's early uh, in the process but I'm really really excited and passionate about bringing languages to, to primary uh, and, and younger children. Um, I have been offering uh, classes to children uh, various ages. I had a little uh, <laughs> little thoughts, uh, one of them was two, and she had one session, and she was able to um, to repeat all the all the language we 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 ran through during the class and the songs, and I think that it's great to see how quickly they learn languages. Yes. They they pick it up very, very
2: quickly. Oh, they do indeed. So they're sponges. So from two years of age and upwards, how are you delivering the classes? How is this going to work practically? I'm sure there are people listening today would love to introduce their young children to languages earlier. How will it work?
7: Yeah, they are, they're activity-based classes. Uh, very, very interactive and fun. So we're not sitting down learning grammar and, and all that kind of thing where we we're we are playing, we're singing, we are doing interactive games, we're doing crafts, we are um, reading stories, all that kind of thing. So really, the children learn through games, and it's, it's a fun activity. It's not, it's not a sitting down, uh, learning by rota, grammar based type of type of learning. So we have a structured class, uh, so the children know every week what they are going to be doing because the structure is the same every day. We repeat the same uh, structure. We have uh, songs, we start with songs, and then we keep revising the vocabulary every time. We have a a helpful booklet as well that the children bring home to revise during the week as well if they want to. Uh, We have props and we have all sorts of of materials uh, targeted to the age group we are teaching. So at the moment we are in the community, we are teaching in the Barbican Centre and thanks to the team there for for all their their help, uh, Declan and his team. And we are hoping to expand into other areas in um, Laos and Mead in the future as well. Mm. It's all about fun, fun and interaction.
2: Yes. and the classes, when are they on? Are they after school times? Are they weekends? what? Yeah,
7: so they are we have after school um classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the Barbican, both Spanish and French from quarter to four to half five, uh, depending on the age group of the child. We also have parent-toddler groups on Saturday mornings at the Barbican as well. We want to involve the parents as well. I think it's, it's, it's great to see um, the two generations learn at the same time. They are able to, to revise and, and and practice together when they're home as well, that was, that was a great experience. Um, and we're also, this term, going to expand into adult classes. The other classes I'm going to be offering are conversational, really. It's all about having a coffee and a bit of cake and a bit of fun uh, with a group of people uh, who have an interest in learning um, some, some basic Spanish or French, maybe to be used when they go on holidays, to be able to get by, you know, order drinks or mm. organize a trip or that kind of thing. Something yes. basic for fun. I think that's
2: I think that's wonderful to have that ability as an adult as well to be even able to do that, because when you speak English, they always say to you, Anglais English? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're Irish. But you'd be better if you had the local lingo. So children's adult classes. uh, You mentioned the barbecue in there. Are you operating from Sinarcha as well? The eco centre?
7: that's right from in the summer hopefully if we have a summer yeah we will, we will we will this year because <laughs> i think we all deserve a good summer yes, this year yes in the summer i'm going to be going in a uh, summer camps as well good from the middle of july to the middle of august and we'll have spanish and french as well so it'll be all about nature language games playing a, a little bit of, of everything i mean sonata have been fantastic facilitating this you're gonna uh, use that there
2: Oh, yes, it's fabulous. I, I, I know it really well. And tell me this, you mentioned Spanish and French there. You, you mix and match both through the classes, is it, with the children?
7: No, I will have uh, dedicated classes for both languages. OK, so, so you'll be I doing
2: think... French in one uh, or Spanish in the other, whichever you choose to. That's right. That's ah, right. there you are. Sure, I was thinking they were all rocket scientists that were going to you <laughs> to take on two languages at once. What am I thinking of at all? Yes, of course, you'll do Spanish or you'll do French as well. And again, you mentioned a two-year-old. Will you take them that young from two? Um,
7: the classes are offered from 0 to 11 and I've seen it's it's incredible I've seen a a TED talk that I would recommend our listeners to have a look at it's only 10 minutes long and it's from a professor from the Washington University called Patricia Cole and in 10 minutes she talks to us about how how babies and toddlers are uh, geniuses because they learn so quickly from the age of 0 to 7 Yes, and and how the brain works and develops and they don't They don't differentiate languages, they learn as quickly their own language as the language they're learning, you know? Yeah. So it's really, really, really interesting. So I personally haven't taught uh, babies yet. Yeah. But the youngest I taught was two, and she definitely enjoyed the session and, and had. There to you go. Love.
2: It's never too young. Lingo Tot, Lingotot, L I N G O T O T, Drahada East Me. That's what it is on Facebook. Lingotot underscore Drahada on Instagram and Lingotot D E M on Twitter. If you put in Lingo Lingotot, you're going to find this and pick up on it as well. Look, I wish you well I love uh, the whole premise behind it the sooner the better and it's an efficiency here in Ireland we need our children to learn more languages to open up a wider vista in their lives and on the world I wish you well with all you do Elena
7: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Not at
2: all. Thank you for joining me on the show. That's the lovely Elena Calavia there. And uh, just again to remind you, Lingo Tot if you're interested. And I'm sure there's going to be great interest there. There has been already. Now, that's it for today. Tomorrow on the show, Professor Frank Murray talks to me about the the hoped effects of unit pricing of alcohol. He's Ireland's leading expert in this area from a medical point of view. Erin Thomas is with us. Caring for your houseplants, yes? I'll tell you a little st- story tomorrow about my houseplant. Yes, she's with us tomorrow. If you have houseplants, you'll want to hear what she has to say. Emer Hannan, she's an entrepreneur. She's in the travel business, is with us. David Sheehan brings us the sport. We'll have a now laugh at the comedy. We'll have your competition on TV themes and adverts. And of course, more from the pretty woman. Will we do it? Yes, we will. From 1.30 tomorrow on Late Lunch. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive this evening here on LMFM Radio. We'll see you for the final show of the week, Friday, 1.30. Take care.
0: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors, draw, cut, and, and cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about